This episode has adult language. Please wear any headphones if you have any kiddos nearby. Hello, and welcome to the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I'm Tamara, a photographer and creative director for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands and professionals, and your host of Real Talk with Tamara. So this podcast covers actionable, down-to-earth business and lifestyle advice for creative entrepreneurs who aspire to make an impact in their communities while keeping it real, of course. A little housekeeping before we get into it. Please follow or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And comments are currency, so please leave a comment. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Tamara. I'm so happy that you can join me on this lovely Tuesday. We have another great episode with someone that I have personally fangirled on the gram for almost two years. And I'm so happy that we were able to come together to talk about this topic. I will be chatting with Lauren McPhillips, who is based out of Toronto and is the founder of This Renegade Love. We are talking about building community around vulnerability and honesty. And I think we can all agree that we crave community, whether it is on social media, like Instagram or in real life. But we also forget is that it requires a level of not being afraid to share your truth, whatever that may be. And it doesn't have to be completely polished, but it totally should be from your honest perspective. During this conversation, we covered how to just not give a bleep and how being vulnerable and showing your failures just as much as your success is important in building community. And what happens when we get some not so nice or unsolicited feedback or opinions from the peanut gallery. But before we get into this episode, here is a little bit more about Lauren. Lauren McPhillips is the founder of This Renegade Love, serving up positive, purpose-driven content that teaches women to influence with intention. With a career background in magazine, editorial, and travel PR, Lauren has since spent the past five years growing a loyal following on This Renegade Love. Through her no BS approach to the influencer industry, and has worked with brands like Google, Indigo, and Wealth Simple to share authentic original content with her online community. In 2018, Lauren moved from online to offline to launch the Renegade Sessions, a series of intimate workshops for female entrepreneurs, and did a TEDx talk on the power of personal storytelling, where she highlighted the ways in which we can use our voice and stories to bring people together and impact change. This year brings an exciting new addition for This Renegade Love, as Lauren is set to launch consulting programs for both influencers and brands on how to navigate the industry with more intention and authenticity. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Lauren, I'm so excited to have you on the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of fangirling a little bit, so. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> Don't mind me. So um, I've been following your platform for, for some time. And while I was putting the questions together, I had to do a little backlog because I was like, how did I find this Renegade Loves Instagram page? And then it finally hit me 
when I was writing out the questions. Um, so there's something, someone reshared on Instagram stories mm -hmm. uh, where you were talking about the pressure that influencers, regardless of size, um, may put on their audience to like or engage with sponsored content and, mm -hmm. and how it can look not only to the brand, but also to their own audience. And for me, it was like, oh my God, you know, finally someone said what I've been thinking and saying behind closed doors and speaking with other influencers and friends. And I just really appreciated and value your opinion and your point of view, which seems like so intentional, so honest, <laughs> quite <laughs> frankly, just fucking real, honestly. Um, so, so that gets me to the first question. How did you learn not to give a fuck? Because, <laughs> you know, I, I've been following you for, for a long, for a long time in Instagram years, and I'm just blown away every time you're like you're so consistent and so honest like what was the turning point for you that made you decide you know i'm going to talk about uncomfortable things on such a, a big invisible platform mm -hmm. um well thank you for that because sometimes being honest is not always the easiest thing to be um but i think ever since i started i started this renegade love in 2015 and one of the things that I've always made a point is I want to be the exact same person online as I am offline. So if someone meets me in the street or whatever, they know exactly what to expect. Um, but really one of, of the things that when it comes to like the online space and I guess working as an influencer, I'm not a big fan of that word, but we all know what it means. So I'm going to use it. But, but with that, I think one of the things that we constantly need to look at all the time is like okay well what is influence and how do you actually build that community and 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 we kind of look at influencers as like just numbers it's like okay this person has like a lot of followers they're influential and that's not the case at all so for me what it's always come to is how can i build trust with people and the easiest way to build trust with people is showing them the good the bad and the ugly so show them who you are outside of sponsored content they need to know who you are before they can by anything that you're selling as an influencer or anything that you're selling as, as a personal brand. Um, so that was always really important to me. I think I've definitely shifted the way that I talk about things. I think for a little bit, maybe the first two years, I was a bit aggressive about it. Uh, and I would, you know, say like, this is going on in the industry and this is bullshit and like, you shouldn't do this. And it was like just a very aggressive approach. And I've kind of stepped back from that and thought, okay, how can I, how can I talk about this stuff, but in a more like educational way? So if people are buying followers, how can I, how can I approach that and talk about that and bring that to light, but say, Hey, this is why you don't want to do this. These are the impacts that it has on your personal brand. Um, and then that's been, it's been a lot easier and it's easier for people, for people to digest and they don't feel so like attacked by things. But when it comes to just like not giving a fuck, I just got I think there was a shift over the past couple of years, especially where I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't care. And it, this is who I am. And there's going to be people that connect with that. And there's going to be people that don't connect with that. And that is also completely fine. People that don't connect with it, they're not my people. But the people that do, they're going to trust me. They're going to be loyal to me. And that's kind of the community that I want to build. Yes, I love that. I, I feel like I'm moving into the... <laughs> the region of not caring as much 
anymore. And I, I love that you acknowledge like, yeah, you know, it was very aggressive. Cause I think we fall into that too. Like, yeah, if we're really aggressive, you know, sharing our point of view, like it's going to come across, but I think there's, there's validity in giving some shade, sharing <laughs> it, sharing some shade, like, okay, this is what you're doing, but here's some education. Like, think about it this way. Here's a different perspective so that no one feels like they're being judged, I guess, in a sense. We're not perfect. We're human. You know, we get it wrong, but Mm -hmm. this is maybe an opportunity to get better. So I love that you, you shared that. Yeah. And I, and I think it was like, I realized that I was coming from a place like I used to work in, in PR and brand partnerships. And so I was coming from a place where I knew this stuff already. And, um, and I had to realize that like, not a lot of people know, like this is such kind of a new world. And there's some people that just don't know the impact that it could, that it could have on their brand long-term. And so instead of just like getting pissed off about the industry and that there's like shade people doing shady shit out there, it's like, well, how can I talk about it and highlight that this is happening, but also give you reasons why you shouldn't and then alternatives for for what you can do. Yeah, I love that. So let's kind of quickly talk about this renegade love. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know you said it started in 2015. And so when when I think about renegade, I think of it as someone who like goes against the status quo, who really encourages mm-hmm. us to really question the things around us. And sometimes that can just be as simple as just being free and, and honest and just really being yourself. So for people who are listening, who may not be familiar with the platform, do you mind sharing just a little bit more about Renegade Love and, and where the inspiration for the name came from? For sure. Yeah, I was actually, so I had been working um, in London in the UK um, and I was the PR and brand partnerships manager for a travel company called Contiki. And so um, what was really great about Contiki is it was travel for 18 to 35 year olds. So our demographic was really young and we put all of our content marketing budget into YouTube. We were like super early into kind of like the YouTube space. So I would take people on press trips and I really got to understand the whole influencer thing and and really from like a business perspective, which was great. But I really missed creating content because I used to work as an editor at a magazine and as a web editor. And so I really missed that creating content and I saw what these influencers were doing and I was like, I think I could do that, but like in a really different and an engaging way. And I, I wasn't really feeling my job anymore, like the day to day and was just turning 30 and like really was craving something new. And so I had a little bit of like a moment, <laughs> uh, started to cry my eyes out. And my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, he was like, he was working for the same company. And he was like, listen, like, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'd love to start a blog and see where it goes. And he was like, do it, which was crazy. <laughs> like I quit my job and then I started the blog and kind of was like, let's see, let's see where this goes. And we had moved, we were moving back to Toronto. And so, yeah, I, I started this, this Renegade Love and kind of coming up with the idea for it was really I, when I was working for this travel company, I was meeting these really cool people like all over the world in the UK. And I was having these really great conversations with people who were doing really cool shit with their lives, um, but that you probably wouldn't hear of because we kind of always hear about the same people, the celebrities, and it's always these people with like media platforms. And I thought, but there's, these aren't the people that inspire me. The people that inspire me are the day-to-day people 
that uh, I can actually relate to and that I can be like, hey, I could do something similar with my life. It's not unachievable. And so I didn't really know what to call these people and I didn't really know what to call the blog. And then I was listening to a song by a Canadian band called the Rural Alberta Advantage. And the song's called Summertime. And in it, uh, the guy says, when we're middle-aged, you'll tell me that I loved you like a renegade. And it was just like, <laughs> it was like all these things started coming together. Yeah, like a big boom. Everything started coming together. And, um, and then I was like, that's perfect. Renegade's like the perfect way to describe these people. And it, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's people who are against the status quo who are doing, you know, building the best lives for themselves, whether it's, you know, leaving their job to travel the world, to start their own business or start a charity program, whatever it is, is kind of going against the grain, but also people that you can relate to. And that, um, and, and one of the things that I did that was really important was like, not just showing like a glossy view of what it means to run your own business, but being like, okay, like how, what was the shit that you went through and how did you financially do it? And like, this is what people want to know. And so that's kind of how I started my blog and it just kind of took off a bit here in Toronto and I've gained like a really, really great community, um, mostly Canadian, but there's, and then the U S and I've loved it and I've been doing it for five years and it's kind of expanded now to, uh, I offer, uh, workshops like uh, mastermind workshops called the renegade sessions. Um, I'm going to be starting a podcast and I just kind of done like little offshoots and, and looking at, um, you know, what e-courses I can create. So that's what I'm working on now. So really kind of focused around bloggers and creating and creatives and how you can build a business, but do it with integrity and also not burn out at the same time. Oh yeah. Burnout. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the topic of the conversation today, but burnout is real y'all. It can happen at oh. any stage of your business. I want to kind of rewind a little bit. First of all, you worked at Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Do you know? So yeah. there was a point in time where I wanted to do these excursions. I'm like, oh my God, Kentucky, that seems so cool. I never did it. I'm lame. But <laughs> that is so funny that you worked there. And kudos to, to Hus Bay um, mm -hmm. for giving that encouragement because now, now we're here and we have you. There's something that you mentioned um, when you were explaining how it came about is you wanted to connect with creatives that and feature highlight women or just men, men and women. But mm -hmm. there are a lot of women that follow you who, you know, were renegades, you know, they, they were relatable. You wanted them to share the shit, you know, that they've been through and what they were able to do to overcome that. And so I saw on your website that you did a project called 52 women that I think kind mm -hmm. of encapsulates that um, and you said that you you did it as a way to step out of your comfort zone and, and connect with women that you didn't know to highlight their platforms and, and points of view because I love that you said when you go to these events you see the same people at these events mm -hmm. saying the same empowerment shit all the time um, and so I'm really happy that you did this project but what were three lessons that you learned from doing the project well, I would say so. First of all, one thing about that project is that I did not complete it. <laughs> so um, basically what, what the idea was um, with 52 women was um, over the course of the year meeting up with a, a new woman each week for coffee and no phones out. And I would literally just sit and listen because it was another thing that I wanted to get back into that conversational aspect and really actively listening to someone in their story rather than interviewing them and thinking about what I'm going to write. 
And so it was just like a small project. I did an Insta stories. I would share three points about the person afterwards that I found interesting. Um, but really it, it's exactly that. What I wanted to do with that project was um, get outside of the people that I was seeing all the time. And I, I think that so often we get stuck in our, the industries we work in and the fields that we work in. And for me, like other bloggers, like that's, I love what they do, but that's not what inspires me. What inspires me are the people who have completely different lives from me and who have completely different stories and paths and um, are, you know, whether it's a mom or someone's grandma or a teacher or whatever it is that you do, I'm just interested in hearing how other people's lives are. And so that's what I wanted to do with that. The reason it didn't work out was it was, it was a big project. It's like, I think when you do something, you're like, I'm going to do this for a year. It's great. But then it was like, that was the year I was getting married. And like, there was just all this other stuff, like life got in the way. But I think one of the things that that really taught me and in doing that was that it a introduced me to the stories that I wouldn't have normally heard, but it really has set me down a path to right now understanding that that's what I want this renegade love to be is again, looking at, looking at those people and, and how we can be inspired by like the everyday people around us. If we just take time to listen and to talk to people that um, maybe don't have the same opinions as we do, or maybe they have different lives and different paths and experiences. And I think that's really important. Um, and that's what I want to do. I want to turn that actually into a podcast. And so that's what I'm looking at doing. So I think it was like, it was a project that had really good intentions. Um, and I did get some amazing talks and met some incredible people through it. Um, and even though I didn't end up completing it, it was something that definitely, um, definitely inspired me and inspired me to still years later, uh, just continue with it in a different, in a different medium. Yeah. And I'm excited for this podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I I think as well. Like often with with a lot of podcasts, um, again, it's like you hear these like gurus and all of these like these people who have written books, and they're great. And like some of them are like so inspiring. But I also think there's so many untold stories, and you sometimes want to see someone that you see yourself in. And you just want to hear those like, little intimate, interesting stories. And, and so that's what I'm going to try to do and try to bring out. Mm, that's, that's going to be really good. I'm, I'm really yeah. excited to, to see when and how that manifests for you. Thank you. We kind of briefly talked about it in terms of like seeing the same people at the same events. And, and that actually happens, I feel like when you're an entrepreneur or you are on this journey of entrepreneurship or pursuing your own endeavors, like you can grow in a silo. Mm -hmm. and, and because you're doing that, that is when you end up being around the same people. It leaves very little room for opportunity to learn and grow and just learn different things. But the reality is growing a community is about like getting out there getting out of your comfort zone and not using, oh, I'm an introvert as an <laughs> excuse <laughs> for, yeah. for not getting out there. So can you share two to three tips for how someone can like overcome their own fear of meeting, meeting and genuinely connecting? Yeah, I think like, well, first of all, one of the things that I did when I moved back to Toronto and I was like starting this new blog and I was like, Hey, I got to get my, got to get my name out there. And so I really put myself out there. So when I started going to events, I would go to them by myself as a way. It was so uncomfortable for me. And I know a lot of people would just super not be comfortable with that. 
Um, but that's for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this and it will force me to talk to people. I'm not going to use a friend as a crutch and you know, who knows who, who I could meet here. Um, but maybe some tips, um, is I always say like, go with five. Like if you're meeting up with someone or you're going to an event, go armed with like five talking points that you can just like slide into if there was like an uncomfortable silence or you don't know, like you don't want to think on the spot and you're like, I don't know how to make small talk or, or talk to this person. Go with like five talking points that you can just use over and over with different people. And then another thing that I find really, really effective is turn it on someone else. So start asking them the question. So if you're in a conversation with someone, just have them do the talking. If you're not comfortable or if you're feeling shy, People love talking about themselves. Um, and I've been reading a lot of books about conversation. Obviously, we're reading it for Renegade Book Club. Um, we need to talk. But that is, uh, people love talking about themselves. And then they're going to walk away and they're going to say, hey, that was a great conversation. I really like talking to that person, not realizing that they talked the whole time, um, but because they felt heard. So that's a really easy way. Uh, just kind of flip it around on them. And then if you're not comfortable in like an event situation or like those kind of like big networking things is start reaching out to people and just do one-on-ones. Mm -hmm. And if you're more comfortable in that space, and that just also offers a lot more time for connection um, and to really get to know a person. But those are, yeah, kind of like three, kind of three things that you can do. Um, it, again, it's something that I've had to do and like really put myself out there. It's not comfortable, but once you do it a few times, it gets easier. Yeah, it's, it's, this sounds so cliche, so I'm so upset that I'm about to say it. It's like learning how to bike. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? I mean, all those tactics that you shared, Lauren, I mean, I, I use in my own personal life. I go to events by myself, <laughs> maybe a little too often, but sometimes I just don't like to wait or like have my um, decision-making solely based off of if someone else that I know is going to be there. Like I know we see the meme a lot, like before you go somewhere, you're like, who all going to be? I ask that sometimes for social things, but for like networking, things like that, there definitely is a benefit to just going by yourself, even if it means getting there as soon as it starts, <laughs> because that may yeah. like warm you up a little bit. You can kind of talk to the staff, you know, I guess practice having these, you know, small little bits of a conversation will help you feel really, really comfortable. Um, so those tips are perfect. They work guys. They work. Yeah, out. it's true. And it's, it's exactly like you said, it's like riding up. It's like riding a bike. It's like with anything. It's just the more that you do it, the more comfortable that you are. Um, and conversation is such a great skill to have. And I think if you start going to events, especially by yourself and you just do it once, like it's scary as shit <laughs> sometimes to just go up to a random stranger, but you have to understand as well, they're there for the exact same reason. Mm -hmm. um, and if they're standing alone, then they're probably hoping that someone comes up and talks to them. So, so really, if you're in those situations, just remember that everyone else is in the same situation as you are. Absolutely. We're in this together. We, we have a lot more in common than we, than we think that we do. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. I wanted to switch gears just a little bit, um, with a little antidote before the next question. Okay. <laughs> um, so I remember last year you did a Ted talk. Mm -hmm. um, which congratulations, <laughs> congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, it was the power of storytelling. If anyone wants, wants to look for it, even though Lauren would say otherwise. And what was really cool is that you shared the process uh, leading up to the talk, but you you were disappointed about the end result, not necessarily your speech, but just really the quality of the video. 
you, you know, mm -hmm. and I really loved, even though it was, it was very vulnerable and very uncomfortable that you showed your audience and, and you made it an opportunity, or at least to me, to share with your audience, the, the importance of just showing up, you know, mm -hmm. like regardless of the outcome, things that really can be out of your control. And that is something that we can all all learn from. I, I felt that was really encouraging for you to kind of share that and then share that that hero story. How how do you decide what to share and not to share, you know, in the spirit of being being transparent and real? I find that this is a question that comes up amongst a, a lot. lot of people um, on social. So I would love to hear to hear that from you. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, one of the things is people talk about authenticity and they're like, you have to be real and, and this. And I think that a lot of people get stuck because they're like, well, I don't want to share everything about myself online. And I think to be authentic, you don't need to share everything. If you're not comfortable sharing it, then don't share it. Um, authenticity just means being the exact same person you are online as you are offline and, and sharing your truths um, if that's what you feel comfortable with. But the first thing that I do is I kind of think, okay, is this my story to tell? Um, one of the things that I had to learn, especially as I got into this space, I wanted to share everything. I wanted to shoot everything. I was like with my family and I was filming and, and my husband, I was filming our house and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, I, I didn't take into account that they didn't want to be a part of it. So that's kind of like the first thing that I take into account. Like if I'm being really honest and truthful, is this, my story is impacting somebody else. Um, that's part of this story. Should I be asking them? So that kind of thing. I definitely think there are like people who overshare um, and maybe they just need to take a step back and understand that like just because you have a platform doesn't mean someone else wants to be a part of it and their story does. So that's kind of the first thing. Um, but really what I've learned in doing this and it, again doing this for five years and sharing my life online is that people really connect to other people's stories and they want to see themselves reflected in someone else and if you have something that's maybe hurtful or you're embarrassed or whatever it is when you're honest about something people really respect that and people really connect to that and it makes them feel less alone it makes them feel better about sharing their story and that's really what my ted talk was about was the power of personal storytelling and and how how powerful it is when even if it impacts one person's life, if it changes their idea, changes their opinions, maybe sets them down a new path, if it just changes one person, then it's like, it was worth telling that story and it was worth being honest about it. Um, and when it comes to showing like, you know, especially if you're a business owner and you're kind of trying to figure out, okay, you know, I'm trying to be this really inspiring person and show that I'm a boss and all of this kind of stuff. How do I, how do I be honest and how do I let that kind of side of it in? And I think that, one of the things is that we're scared to show that weakness or that failure. Um, but you can still be a mentor and a boss and still be a work in progress. And that is something that I've learned um, through myself. And, and I think that people really respect. They, no one really wants that glossy, glorified version of something anymore. They want to know that other people are struggling with the same shit that they are. And again, they feel less alone and they see what's capable. They see that, Hey, you can have this like great business and you can run this, but also deal with like those really shitty days sometimes. And those really like, like those hard moments. And 
I think like for me, that's, those are the type of people that I want to follow. I don't want to look at, you know, someone who like has it all together because that makes me feel like crap. <laughs> so I'd rather look at the people who I'm like, wow, I can relate to you. I really feel like, like I connect to you and it doesn't make me think any less of your business. It probably actually makes me feel more connected to you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of really how I decide it just, it's over time, the more you do it, the more it just, it feels right. And with everything, the way that I share is like, is this going to help somebody else? Is this providing value to somebody? And does this feel good, like letting this out? Um, that TED Talk was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so to give everyone a background of that. So basically, uh, I got asked to do a talk for TEDx. I was really excited about it. Um, the process of it was horrendous because I just couldn't get it out like I just was so stuck in my head it was just the most in-depth like the process of it was nothing I'd ever dealt with and then afterwards I literally felt like I'd birthed a child because I was like it's done but after I did it I was very very proud of myself for having done it um, it went very well I loved the content I put out it was basically me like just spewing my guts on that stage and then it, exactly like what you said. So afterwards, the, the production value was so terrible and I didn't want to share it. And I was so embarrassed by it. And everyone was like, when's your TED Talk coming out? When's your and I was just, I didn't even want to share it because I was so embarrassed. And that's when I decided to do that IGTV video, mm -hmm. just talking about it. And I just, again, just kind of like spewed and, and let everyone know that like, Hey, I was really embarrassed by this and this is how I felt. And I cried a little bit making that video. Um, but at the end of it, again, tying it back to like that, that learning lesson that it didn't really matter because at the end of it, I was still really proud of what I did and didn't change someone else's, someone else's output, how they produced the video and how it came together. It didn't change like all the work that I had put into it. And then I got on that fucking stage and actually did it. And so I think a lot of time we just really need to put things into perspective like that and that it's okay to share, like it's okay to share that things did not work out the way you thought they would. Um, and I think we just need to get over this whole glossy version that the world needs to be perfect because it isn't. <laughs> and it's taxing and it's fucking tiring. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tiring to to hold up an idea of perfection. And for me, I always believe that perfection is another form of procrastination. You know, yeah. for me, I rather be a woman of, of action implementation, even if I have bumps, bruises, if only one person signed up for a program, which has happened several mm -hmm. times, you know, I can't, we can't control that. Like we, we can't control outcomes as much as we think we can. Yeah. Um, and, and that just mm -hmm. helps to manage our expectations that helps to manage our disappointments, I feel. Mm -hmm. and, and also I think this kind of leads to, to my next question is this, the idea of journalistic integrity <laughs> mm -hmm. with what we post. We have to hold ourselves to a level of journalistic integrity and not like sharing things just because everyone else is sharing it. We need to know the facts, you know, especially if you have a platform. Anyone who is on any social media platform has a platform. They are yeah. an, an influencer, for lack of a better word. You are influencing or persuading someone to do something. Um, and I think, I think you do a really great job of this, you know, not yeah. to, not to throw praise, but 
I think you do a really great job of this because, I mean, even down to the the brands and the companies that you work with, I can tell that you are very intentional and there is a purpose behind every brand, every company that you work with when you have that sponsor post hashtag. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are, what are two ways that we can begin or really just continue because we've been on these platforms for a long time to exhibit or just work to better exhibit that same level of, of journalistic integrity when we're online. One of the ways that, um, that I kind of always think about this and what I tell people is, um, especially when it comes to sponsor content is you have to put your community before anything else because those opportunities, nothing would exist without those people that are showing up for you. And so that is the number one thing is like, respect your community, put them first. Don't try to pull the wool over their eyes with, you know, courses that aren't really going to help them or a money grab um, with partnerships that you can tell you're just doing it for a paycheck. So really is putting your community first. Are you providing them with value? So kind of going through like when you're creating content, one of the things that, that I always do, and especially with sponsored content is it, it is, it's intentional. It's, and it's, it's purpose driven is why am I posting this? Like what is, how is this providing value to someone? How, how are they being educated? Are they being inspired? Are they, you know, feeling a certain way? Are they, you know, going to cry about it? Are they going to laugh about it? What is this providing for someone? The other thing that I always do um, to kind of like maintain that integrity and maintain my voice is when I talk about this with a friend. So whether this is a brand I'm partnering with, when I talk about this product, um, if it's a course that I'm selling or a product that I'm selling myself, is this something that I would want a friend to do or that I would recommend to them? Um, and I think that's a really important is to think of your community as friends. And I think a lot of the time we lose that because it's just a number at the top of the screen, but to remember that they're people and they're people just like you. And so the more that you show them respect, the more that they, they also get to know who you are and they get when you're being legit, um, which I think is, is a really important thing. But yeah, I think uh, as well with like with brand partnerships, that is one thing that I'm really, I've always been super, super specific with it. Because I think a lot of people get into this influencer space and they're like, they want to work with brands. And that's always the question I get, how do I work with brands? How do I work with brands? And it's just like, stop thinking about brands. Like you, you need, you need to have a personal brand. You need to have content before you can even think about talking about someone else's brand. Like who gives a shit about anyone else's brand? And so like, what are you providing? The way I always think about it is I have, I've created this brand and this platform and it is mine. And if a brand wants to come in there, that's just real estate that they're taking up and, and they can pay for it, but it, this space was not created for them. Mm. And so, um, and so that's kind of always the way that I've, that I've kind of thought about it. Um, I have so much to say about that sort of like integrity as an influencer and, um, in terms of partnering and, and selling, you really need to give and give and give before you can sell anything. Cause then people are just going to drop off otherwise. Yeah, no, that, that answers it perfectly without going down the rabbit hole of integrity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that can be, I mean, no, that can be a completely separate conversation. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. conversations that I have in DM all the time, conversations that I have on the phone with people like just, you know, how, how can I, how can we just be more mindful about what we share and what we post? I actually, not to go off on a tangent, 
Um, right. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's also in the in the creative space. And I was just saying to her, I was like, you know, we should be really mindful of like the memes we share. Like most of the memes that we share, they are shits and giggles, right? Like mm-hmm. I share memes all the time. Like give me a nice Taurus meme or an Enneagram three meme if you know your Enneagram month number. And I'm all for it. But there's mm-hmm. just some things that I just fall into the fall into the realm of like, I don't know all the information to this. I do not want to share this with my audience and then have to, in a sense, backtrack (laughs) because it was false information, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because we, we get so used to sharing information so quickly Mm -hmm. that we don't really take a pause and think about, okay, what is this saying? Can I go somewhere and research this information? Which we don't, we don't do. Yeah. We don't do. Oh, that's funny. And then repost it. Yeah. You know, like I posted something this morning, uh, like my IG stories. I posted something this morning about picking your brain. And then I saw a meme that I felt like was related to what I was saying. And then I was like, "Mm, no, no, (laughs) not this. This kind of negates what I said two days ago. Mm -hmm. I'm going to delete it. Yeah, this, this is not, now that I've sat and thought with this, I don't, I don't agree with this. And this, this is not fair to share. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's okay to take a pause, kiddos. You know, if you don't have anything to say, (laughs) don't say anything, especially like the society that we're in right now, it's so polarizing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people are on an edge for valid reasons. I mean, you live in Canada. I'm kind of jealous, but (laughs) you know, here in the States, it is, it's very polarizing. There are a lot of sensitive topics and conversations. You know, I'm not one to step on toes, but also it's kind of like a protection thing of like, I don't want to share something where, where I don't know all of the information. Yeah. And I think that's really good. And I, I, I think it's, I mean, in Canada, we still have these obviously tough conversations. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, really, I, I, I think being intentional, and I'm actually building a course on this, it's how it's influenced with intention and, and really thinking about what you're doing with your influence and your platform and taking those moments to, to pause and um, I mean, that's something that is uh, kind of a goal that I made for myself. Like I said, I've always been really particular with brand partnerships that I've done, but now even more so. So if I'm signing on with a brand, understanding what their brand values are, how they align. Uh, if they're one of the things I really want to focus on is brands that are actually giving back um, to social causes, mm. whether it's environmental, whether it's you know cultural, whatever it is. And so really having brands put their money where their mouth is. And I, th- I think it's important. I think it's important to, to align your values. And really, I do a lot of like research into the brands, like, you know, if they've had any past controversies or anything like that, I think it's really important that if you're be- promoting something that you need to know all the details because people will come for you <laughs> and you better have something to say about it. And it's, it's better to kind of do that research ahead of time or to pause and think then have to make up for it later. Yeah, a hundred percent. Thank you for that for that tangent and 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 entertaining that. Um, so last last but not least, 
you know, there are some people out here. Actually, I'm going to rewind because I wasn't going to ask this question, Yeah, but I'm going to ask it. Sometimes we don't get it right. Some, sometimes, you know, people don't understand where we're coming from. And so they just feel really compelled to just share their opinion or their criticism just just because they yeah. can. And it doesn't necessarily come from, from a helpful or understanding place. Um, so how can someone handle or respond to people saying, well, you should, or you shouldn't do this, or why did you do that? Or ill, I don't like that. <laughs> like, honestly, this happens all the time to everyone. There are just some people that are on the internet and all they want to do is get their opinions out. They don't think, especially if it's like, you know, something you do for work, people don't think about that shit at all. <laughs> um, and they just like dive in and it's like this attack mentality. And I used to just immediately want to like get on my computer and be like, fuck you. But really, and my husband would be like, you got to step away. And so that was a, the first thing. So if someone leaves a comment on like on your page about something that you did or send you a DM, walk away at first let it sit because if you write back, especially if it's from a brand account, if you write back and you're coming at it like heated, it is not going to turn out well. And it's, you are meeting someone's, you know, attack mentality with a defense mentality. And that is just going to end poorly. <laughs> so I always kind of like walk away. I think on it I talk to people about it. And then I come back with a response. But the other thing that I also do is I always respond with a voice DM or a video DM. And the reason that I do this is because it lets the other person know that this is a human being on the other side of this. And it kind of throws people off guard. I'm not going to lie. People get, if I, you know, respond with a voice message and I'm like, Hey, I just saw your message. Um, I really appreciate it. And if you come back with a well thought out response and you do it with a like audio reply or a video reply, they are like immediately, it just like, it drops their attitude and they're much more likely to have a conversation about it. Um, and I found that always, always works. I wasn't expecting that, but you know what? <laughs> that, that would totally lower defenses. Mm -hmm. and, and also don't feel compelled to immediately respond to things when you are heated. <laughs> That's the other thing too. So one, not sharing things immediately, pause, think, but then if someone reaches out to you and says something that isn't so kind, like you don't have to say anything immediately. Mm -hmm. That actually is very sound therapeutic. I mean, advice. It's something I've had to work through though. <laughs> oh yeah. Like definitely, like I said, I used to be, and the book that we're reading for the book club, We Need to Talk has honestly changed the way that I have, I communicate with people. Because again, my, before I would approach conversations as by the end of this, I want this person to agree with everything that I say. I want to change their opinion. They need to be on board. And so it was just, just aggressive mentality of like going straight in. And again, people are on the defense and they're like, wow, this chick's like crazy aggressive. And now I go into it and I just, I just want to create a space where people feel heard, which a lot of the time, if you know, if you go back in a very like calm and like, I hear you, I hear what you're saying. Um, this is actually my opinion. I would appreciate if, you know, maybe next time that you uh, kind of ask me about it first um, before kind of diving in and accusing me of this and this and this, mm -hmm. then people are like, okay, like, and they're just not so intense about it. Um, and so, so I find that kind of when you go at it like that, it's, 
it's much more effective for communicating and um and yeah and I, honestly i think if the world works that way <laughs> we wouldn't be in such we a, would like, not we would be so divided like yeah we wouldn't be in such a shit show that we that we're in right now and yeah we keep bringing up this damn book we need to talk yeah. i'm telling you i mean lauren you read this book i think for the first time like two years ago or two years ago this is my yeah. third time reading it in two years because it's just so many gems i mean i bought the book as soon as she mentioned it you know i love a good self-help book i had to stop myself from devouring it i mean i think i have like a few pages left and i read it in like three days i probably could have read it in one day but i really really I loved it so much and I mean of course I can always go back and read it like I I read it on a on a Kindle on my iPhone mm -hmm. so I just highlight things that I want to go back and like I love the fact that it has all of these statistics and relates it to real life stories I, I mean it's a game changer I'm sorry like there are very few it books is. that I've read but I mean it really was a game changer especially mm -hmm. the part in the book where it talks about, you know, you think, you know, being highly intelligent would work in your favor to be considered a really great, you know, communicator, but actually it works against your favor because, mm -hmm. you know, you tend to be a little bit more logical, a little bit more critical thinking, and, and you have to understand that there is a human on the other end of this, this conversation. And also like, can we talk about the lack of empathy for a second? <laughs> yeah. um, tangent number two you know like I think that a lot of divisions that we put on ourselves is because while we are probably the most connected than we've ever been in the history of time because of social media and the internet we are we are actually like more apart than ever we're so divisive mm -hmm. like we can't agree to disagree there's just this lack this lack of empathy of not being like, you know, I have to understand or I should be willing to understand why this person believes or feels the way that they feel and not feel like they're attacking mm -hmm. my point of view. Right. Like yeah. that, that is just it's, so hard. It is. And, and again, that was like another thing that, you know, is something that you, that we all really, I think have to work on. And me personally have had to is, um, is really like approaching conversations, especially with people who don't have the same opinions as you is instead of going into it, like, all right, let's go, let's, <laughs> let's battle this out and let's, you know, debate this and, you know, nothing ends up happening. If you, if you approach it and try to understand where, how that person might feel that way, understanding that they have different life experiences, um, that they that have led them to feel that way and, and try to, it doesn't mean that you need to agree with them at the end of it, but just try to understand a bit more. Mm -hmm. It does lead to that empathy. And I think a lot of it is dropping our bias, um, understanding what our privileges are. Um, like for me, like, you know, I have a great family. I had a great upbringing. Um, I never wanted for anything. Uh, I'm a white woman, like understanding all of those things and how that leads to my understanding of the world, but then dropping those privileges and, and those biases and under, trying to understand how someone else's opinions might be different based on their experiences and their life. So 
it's like the book is life-changing. I think everyone should have to read it. Um, and I think the world would be a much better place if they did. <laughs> yeah, it should be it should be added to to educational reading, like mm-hmm. not even being dramatic. I, I will definitely add a link to the book in the show notes. It, it's a really, really great book. Okay, back to my last question. Um, so there are some people who are listening who may say, well, I only have a thousand followers. I know for me, I have a little over 5,000 followers. Some people are like, I don't even have the swipe up feature yet. Like how, mm-hmm. how can I influence or, or be a positive influence for people? So what advice or encouragement can you share to those who, you know, are showing up online, but they're not getting the success that they feel like they should be experiencing right now? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so hard to grow on Instagram these days. I feel like, I mean, it's just so saturated and their algorithm sucks. Like, I mean, like I think it does. I think a lot of people feel that way, um, but it's, it's not impossible. And I, I do think that it's just, again, it's like that intentional, being intentionally about how you're growing, not just wanting to attract anybody, but trying to attract those people that are going to be super interested in the content you're creating. I also think it's like, focus a lot on who is showing up for you. So a lot of the times we were like more and more and more. If you have a thousand people, think of if there are a thousand people standing in front of you and you have access to those people. And if that's a thousand people that you have spent time really engaging with and that you know are super interested in your content, that's like worth its weight in gold. So I think first of all, just having some perspective and and really just trying to, instead of trying to serve and grow and like appeal to other people, it's like, appeal to the people that are here. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, um, always give a call to action. So if one of the things you want is for people to start engaging with you more, always have a call to action. One of the things I do is um, start off my Instagram captions with a question. So right away, someone is pulled in, they're thinking about, you know, how they're going to respond, and they know that I want them to respond and that I want to pull them into the conversation. But yeah, always have like people need to be handheld. And I think a lot of the time we just expect people to want to engage and want to do this. And like, oh, they'll, if they love my content, they'll tell me. No, like you have to tell people, like, leave a comment below. What do you feel about this? Share this. Like, you have to push people. And then it like puts it in their head. Um, and then the next thing is create shareable content. So if you, so like you think about the, the post that you did, yes, was it yesterday, the day before that really took off and tons of people were sharing it. When people share things on their stories, it opens it up to their audiences. So the more that you create shareable content that people are like, that's really valuable, good information, they're going to share it to their stories. They're going to share it with their friends. And then it just goes widespread and more people find out about you. So I think that is like one of the easiest ways to grow and really grow organically. Um, Cause you're just leveraging other people's audiences in a way that you wouldn't have before. Mm-hmm. And then finally, just use your DMS, talk to people, use voice messages, send video messages. If, if you send someone a voice message or a video message, it again, just drops that barrier that we have online where we just think it's like, you know, you're talking through a screen, whereas that like puts a a face to to the message Uh, and people really appreciate it and become much more loyal and much more engaged in what you have to say. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think, I think that's how you responded to me (laughs) when you share that IG, the IG story about sponsored content and influencers. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what you did. And I responded with voice memos. I love voice memos. Like people listening yeah. to this, 
they know I will send a voice memo like at the drop of a dime. But yeah, like having people understand like it's not just words or mm-hmm. you know, it's not just a caption underneath the photo. Like again, there is a human element to this and that is just really, really great advice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think as well, it's like you, your community wants to feel, you want them to feel like they're part of the story and then they're part of the post. So instead of posting and like telling someone, like again, thinking, how is this educating them? Like creating something for them, making them feel part of it, and then pulling them into the conversation through the caption and asking questions and having a call to action. Yeah. Asking questions. Like if you want to know what your people want to hear from you, ask the questions. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's all you can really do is just ask the questions. And I can guarantee, and Lauren would agree as well, like they will respond. <laughs> they will let you know if they want to hear that shit from you or not. Please. You know, like I, I did a, a poll several months ago where I was like, okay, what do you want to hear? Business advice? You want to outfit post? Do you want yoga? And like, some people voted for yoga, but it was not. It was, yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see, like, none. So I'm like, okay, thank you for letting me know that, right? Like, no harm, no foul. I, I want to be able to, con- to continue offering content that you guys are going to like. And the way that you do that is just by asking. All right, so last but not least, first of all, Lauren, this was a great conversation. Yeah, it's uh, so much fun. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> girl, I know. And we can't, like, we have to, like, go to work. <laughs> uh, but um, please share how folks can find you um, online. And also, you, you kind of talked about this in the very beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. But can you share a little bit more about Renegade Sessions? Because I'm sure there's some folks um, in the Toronto area who are listening that may be interested as well. Yeah, so everyone can find me. My website is thisrenegadelove.com. On Instagram, it's just at thisrenegadelove. And that's really in the link in my bio is where all the kind of links are for different types of content, um, downloadable uh, PDFs for you that I've created that um, can kind of help you in your blogging and business journey. And then that's also the link in my Instagram bio is where you'll find um, the sign up for the spring renegade sessions, which is the next one we're doing. It's going to be kicking off in March. And is that live with like an online component? Mm-hmm. So um, we, it's, so it is kind of Toronto based because it's a six week program. Um, and we meet once a week over the six weeks, the first and last are in person in Toronto. Uh, and then the four in between are online. And I'm bringing on my friend Amanda as a partner for this one. She's incredible. She's a business consultant, has two massive um, businesses in Toronto. One is a medical spa and the other is a commercial bakery. So completely different. She's a serial entrepreneur, but she was part of the first Renegade Sessions and um, is is amazing. And so she's coming on full capacity as, as my kind of co-host and co-leader. So, um, so yeah, this one's going to be pretty big. And then we're probably going to do two more this year. Wow. Congratulations. I, I'm kind of jealous because I can't really participate. I know. We'd love to have you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn it. Okay. But that's creating content and, and programs that you love that you know um, are going to connect with with your audience. So mm-hmm. congratulations. Thank you again Thank you. so much for this amazing conversation. And I will see you on the ground, Lauren. Yeah, you will. <laughs> and on that note, 
This wraps up another edition of Real Talk with Tamara. Real talk for real women. If you like what you've heard, please share with Reckless Abandon. And don't forget to follow on iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss out on the next episode. Until next time, remember to grind with grace and love. Peace and do you, boo.